Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Greener Side, where we help you achieve your goal of moving overseas. Today, we speak with the host of the Where the F Am I Heading podcast, Irene Falco, who is currently living in Spain. Irene resides in Barcelona under an autonomo, also called the self-employed or freelancer visa. And prior to that, she has also lived briefly in the Netherlands and in Italy. Now, as I speak to her, she is currently in Bulgaria, vacationing. Sana all, diba? So Irene will enlighten us on a lot of things today, including Europe's Schengen visa, Spain's autonomo visa, and her experience with living in Spain, Netherlands, and Italy. Hi, Irene. Hi, Queen. Okay, so before we start, could you tell us a bit about yourself and where you are right now? Yeah, so my name is Irene Falco. Yeah, um, I'm a marketer and currently I'm into podcasting as well. I- I've visited 26 countries in the last five years, five years and a half. Uh, and wow. currently I am in, in Bulgaria, but I live in Barcelona, Spain. I'm a resident in Barcelona, Spain, but since... There's a free movement in EU. I can travel from Spain to other EU and Schengen countries. Barcelona now is my second home. I'm still, you know, I, I'm still like my home is still Philippines. I love Philippines, but at the same time, I love Barcelona. So, yeah. Wow, ang saya. You are 26, no? Am I right? Yes, 26 years old. 26 years old, 26 countries. Ang saya-saya naman. Yeah. So, could you tell me why you chose Spain as your base? The Before, I was doing a freelancing work. And this company that I was working for was bought by a bigger company. And then I was absorbing to that. Is that the right term? Yeah, I was absorbing to that company. But I have to make this decision if I'm going to stay with that company because the deal was if I will stay with them, I have to live in Europe. It's just part of the contract. Anywhere in the in Europe, but at least in Europe, I thought, okay, maybe I will live in Netherlands instead because, well, I've read that if you live there for five years, you can get um, a passport, you can apply for a passport. I applied for... Three months visa, Schengen visa, and then they give me three years. When I get there, it was so cold, wet, and gray. <laughs> I thought, no, I will not stay here. Uh-huh. I search around. I found Spain, two years stay because we are Filipinos and they feel sorry for what they did long time ago. I thought, <laughs> why not take advantage of that? And then I talked to a lawyer and she said, it's really possible I can live and then be a resident in Spain. But I have to stay in Catalonia because of the language. They are better in English. At least they would help me better if I live in Catalonia than in Madrid or, or 
and I like I don't like capital city by the way. So second best or second biggest city would be would suit me well, and that is Barcelona. And then from there we processed everything and Mm-mm. yeah. Okay, so your journey from getting to the Philippines to getting to Spain was was a very long one. It you was, went to yeah. many countries in between. So, mm-hmm. first of all, the very first visa you applied for to go to Europe is the Schengen visa. Yes. Is that right? Yes. All right. So, what documents did you need to get that visa? What was what's the backstory of that? Okay, so the Schengen visa, it's like, it's the only visa that is easier for me to get as a freelancer, because by that time, no, by that time, it was still considered a freelancer, but now it's more a different story, because I have now a work permit. Schengen is called the short stay visa. You can stay there as a tourist. You can't really use it for work, but some people do it. Some uh, employers will accept that as long as you are in Europe and you have visa, but I don't know if it's really a tourist visa. It's not because you can use it for business, but it's just a short stay. So you can stay for 30 days, no, 90 days in 180 days. So after 180, you have to leave the country. And then you, uh, after 90 days, you have to leave the country and come back again after 181 days. Yeah. And what you need there is, because you're going to stay there, you need an itinerary. So you need the booking hotel hotel booking or accommodation, and mm-hmm. then the passport, of course, flight return ticket because from Philippines they will not actually leave uh, let you fly out if you don't have this return ticket mm. and uh, show money it's really important uh, they really want to see that you can sponsor yourself outside Philippines or wherever you're going and I did a cover letter it's not really important they don't really ask you for it but for me since there is no interview I think it's good to let them know who I am and like kind of tell them that no I'm not going to run away and credit card or any sort of papers that you can show them that you will still go back to Philippines so just like any other visa you need this kind of uh, papers that they are requiring Mm -hmm. and so Schengen visa is what we consider or most popularly known as a tourist visa but it's it's not just that because people can go on business in Europe Mm. with the Schengen visa yes okay and so yes. when I get that visa, I have either 60 days or 180 days where I can stay continuously in the European Union. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean na 60 days or 180 days lang yung visa na ibibigay nila sa akin, no? Kasi yes. yung sayo, from what I understand, three years visa yung binigay nila? Three mm-hmm. years, yeah. So they will give you, like, in the span of three years, you can stay 90 days at a time. 90 days in 180 So like six months in a year. Okay. You can extend it or you can go back to Philippines and apply for another one. Not sure. But that's the only thing. That was actually the strange one when I applied for the uh, Netherlands because I applied for a French. Uh, in, in a French embassy before, they only give me four days because I asked for four days. My bad. Um, <laughs> that was uh, silly of me. But when I applied for the three months, I only put there with itinerary and everything that I just want to see places. But I did not ask for any days more than that. I just asked for three months. And they gave me three years multiple entry, which was cool, I think. Wow. This is for uh, no, Netherlands. They gave you three years. Mm-hmm. So, okay, for next time, for reference, if I want to visa, dapat sa Netherlands embassy ako apply. So, Irene, you were able to go to Europe under a Schengen visa. And you needed show money. How mm-hmm. much did you need exactly? 
It's like 500 euro a month per person. Talaga? 500 euros lang? Yes, per person. Akala ko they would ask for more. So now you've gotten your Schengen visa and you went to Europe, to Netherlands first. Mm-hmm. And what was your experience of Netherlands like? <laughs> it was cold, wet, and gray. That's, that's it. And people are so <laughs> tall that I feel like a small girl. Really. <laughs> For real. Like I went first, you know, like I get to the airport and I went to the toilet and I see these girls and they're like really tall. I can't really explain how tall they are, but they're really tall and I'm there in the (laughs) corner washing my hands like a small girl. (laughs) And uh, that was weird. And then the moment you get out of the airport, this is interesting. So like one step out of the exit, you get people smoking weeds. (laughs) Because it's legal. (laughs) I freaked out. It was like, why are you doing that? It's just like strange. They, they were just chilling there. It was kind of cool though, the moment that, you know, when it's already synced in that, oh yeah, it's legal. When I start, because before I travel, I did not do any research at all. I know I want to go to Netherlands, but that's it. I did not do any research of the place, what was the culture like or whatever. But when I get there, that's when I realize that people are cool, you know, relax and <laughs> do this kind of stuff. And they're tall. That's it. And how How were you able to find a job while in Europe? Did your Schengen visa help you find a job? And how were you able to get about finding a job? Oh, with that, before I applied, that's why I guess I was able to get Schengen fast is mm. because I was already employed from a Norwegian company. So I get certificate of employment, which is not really common for them to give that yeah. because they don't do that. They don't do certificate of employments in Norway. Okay. Grabe yung movement mo, no? Parang I'm still wrapping it around my head, like how much you moved and how many visas you've applied for while you were in Europe. So you went to Netherlands, you decided you didn't like it, and then you moved to Italy yes. under the Schengen visa still. And yes. that was still okay. They didn't ask for any additional requirements moving no. from Schengen to Schengen country. No, no border control, no nothing. They're not allowed to check your passport. Or, or they can check your passport randomly, but they don't have to ask for any more information as long as you have the visa. Mm. So they are not allowed to stamp your passport if the, the other countries do that. You're, they're not allowed to stamp your passport because you have the right to move around Schengen area. Wow, ang saya. Gusto ko yan. So, and then from Italy, you decided you, for some reason, you didn't like Italy and then you moved to Spain? <laughs> I love Italy, but I don't see them giving me any thing in return for a long run. I need a place where they can give me papers that I can work either locally or I can still continue my setup, which is work from home kind of, you know, digital nomad setup. So it, Italy is not really as open for that matter. So as much as I love Italy. Papers. Papers, I mean like um, passport. Citizenship? Yeah. Okay. So it takes 10 years for a Filipino in Italy mm. to get citizenship. Yeah. And we moved from Italy to Spain. And you moved to Spain because you found out that Spain feels bad for colonizing yes. us for 333 years. And so... They only give mm-hmm. us two years of being of staying in Spain. Yes. Before you could apply for a citizenship. Yeah. And that I didn't know. That's a very fascinating. I think if a lot of Filipinos knew that it only takes two years of living in Spain before they can become a Spanish citizen, a lot of them would go. So, Irene, how were you able to stay in Spain for longer? 
I suppose that apart from the Schengen visa, mm-hmm. you would need some sort of resident visa. So when I get to Spain, I the first thing I did was I searched online about immigration lawyer because I know I, I don't speak Spanish. I was only using Duolingo for two months or something. And that's just like where it's not going to help me with the paperwork at all. But I know I really have to stay in Spain. When I talked to the lawyer, I said, I have a valid Schengen visa, three years, and then I work for this company in Norway. And what are the things I need to actually settle down here? And she said, okay, there are a few options. And one option is because you're a freelancer, you can get an autonomo, which is like the freelance visa. I said, okay, what, what do I need for that? And then she said, well, you need the Spanish client. I was doing photography Thing, videos, all kinds of digital thing before. And I thought, okay, that's easy. I can probably get that. Mm-hmm. But then what happened was actually the landlady that I was renting by at that moment, and she's running a website that needs improvement. When I found out, I said, can I get you as my client? Now I have a client in, in Spain. Cool. It means I can stay in Spain. And then the, the immigration lawyer says, like, I need also money, very important, uh, 7,000 euro a year. Or that's like the whole stay, but that's it. 7,000 euro a year to prove that I can really support myself and rental agreement, which is I get already with this landlady that is my client as well. And yeah, health insurance, uh, private health insurance, and my passport and the bank account, which the Spanish bank account I opened with their help. And that's it. After six months, we visited two police stations because I have to get this identification number for the tax. And uh, they process everything for me because I don't understand. It was in Catalan, by the way, so it's not even Spanish. That's why I need her help. And then after that, I have to stay in Spain for six months straight. I can't leave the country because now by that time, my I exceeded already the 90 days in 180 days, but I'm allowed to stay. The moment we applied, oh, the moment we signed the, the notary public that I am applying for a residency is that I am legally stay. I can stay as long as if, if the process took them three years, I can stay for three mm. years without any problem at all. They will not ask for any papers as long as I have that tiny receipt from from the notary. Mm, okay, I see. So to be able to apply as a resident in Spain, let me just run that down. You need a client, or I guess if I'm an employee, I need a company that I'm working for. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. 7,000 euros a year, which is in my bank account. Does mm-hmm. it have to be a Spanish bank account? A Spanish one. On yeah. a Spanish bank There's account. There's a bank account you open. Okay, yeah. just to prove that I can sustain myself while I'm in mm-hmm. Spain. Okay. A rental agreement to show that I live somewhere in Spain and health insurance and my passport. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you lived in Barcelona. Yep. Just outside, not in the center, just outside Barcelona. Mm. Why did you choose Barcelona? Second largest city. It's like my protocol in every country that I go. (laughs) I would stay in the city center just because I want to probably buy some Asian food. But then I will go to the second largest city because it's cheaper. People tend to be more friendly towards foreigners which is like me in in Mm. this situation people are more friendly and i like small towns i don't like cities that i mean i grew up in manila so buzzy you know noisy and i want change for that i I like outdoors outdoors as well so 
where I live, you got lake around, you got mountains, and I'm so close to the border to France, which is south of France. So for one hour drive, you can get to France. What? I love that. So yeah, <laughs> for shopping, mm-hmm. grocery or something. Mm, yeah. yeah, like mm, I'm feeling a baguette for breakfast this morning. So get drive long to yeah. France. Croissants and <laughs> some coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I guess, you know, if you live in Spain, so you get the residency. And prior to getting that residency, you didn't need to be fluent in Spanish at all? No, I speak no Spanish. Hablo no español. Nada. Nada. Nothing. Um it's a bonus. You have to. For the citizen, uh, for the citizenship, you need to speak. It's like the, like the IELTS. Mm, mm-hmm. So okay. you need to be in the B. Mm, B level. Yeah, B level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for that, I live in Spain. For, um, I'm not. I'm no B level at all. I'm still A, I guess. Mm-mm. How long have you been in Spain again? Two years. Mm-mm. So tw- two years in Spain, and then in European Union in general. Mm-hmm. How long? Two years then. Three years, I think, because I've been in and out of EU for a while. Okay. So to be able to get that uh, citizenship, you need to be somewhat proficient in Spanish. So Yes. Mm-mm. I guess that I uh, know because I personally take French lessons and there are about six levels, A1, mm-hmm. A2, which are the most basic, and then B1, B2, yeah. and then mm-hmm. C1, C2. So I think for any for the Spanish, it might be the same. Na kailangan yes. is B, B1, B2. Mm-hmm. B2 if if you want to get your passport because you have to take the cultural test and then which is not hard it's just 30 questions and then you need and then you have this test or exam for the citizenship. Mm-mm. Babalik lang ako sa Schengen visa ha. So pwede kang pwede akong mag-apply ng trabaho kahit naka Schengen visa ako. If I'm going to Europe as a tourist mm. and then I decide, "Hey, I think I want to apply for jobs here." Is that okay even if I'm like under the Schengen visa? You can, but in Spain, unemployment is very high. And if you don't speak Spanish, you're already out of the equation. So it's a bit complicated in, in Spain to get a job with that visa. Maybe in other countries, uh, I'm not sure, but it's possible. People do it all the time. Yeah, I guess, you know, different countries and e- European Union, different requirements as well, different tastes. Mm-hmm. Since sabi mo nga, I already na um, maraming unemployed ngayon sa Spain, it would be better if you find an employer while you're in the Philippines, find a job mm. like online instead of coming to Spain and looking for the job in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And have there been any changes to the visa applications in both for both the Schengen visa and the residency visa now that the coronavirus has happened? I think the only thing that is changed or additional process that you have to do now is that vaccination passport. Mm, so you have to have been vaccinated. Yeah. They don't accept um, people, especially from third world, that are not vaccinated to go to Schengen area or EU in general, in any part of EU. So dapat two doses ba? Or one dose is okay? Two. Two doses. Mm. Or the Johnsons and Johnsons, that's only one shot and then that's enough. Mm, okay. And what are the in-demand skills there in Spain? What 
can give Filipinos a better chance of finding an employer in Spain? What skills do they need? Most of the Filipinos I know that are in Spain, they can't really get the job in office settings because of the language. You really have to speak Spanish well. But most of them are the the, the joke in this Four Sisters movie, Tony's job, um, waitress and the maid in Spain, a nanny. There's a lot of them. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking down at any of this, just so you know. Yeah, I guess for many countries, no, it's always the citizens first who get the first dibs on higher skilled jobs. But let's say, for example, is Spain looking for a lot of healthcare or IT workers and they're open to like getting people from overseas for that? Yeah, IT. Yeah, IT is always, they always need people for that. And you'd be surprised that there's actually teleperformance in Spain mm-hmm. in a lot of these oh. PPO companies. And at one point, because I was kind of, um, I was just being ungrateful for my job, by the way. <laughs> I felt like I need to now, you know, well, I need to work with real people, not just virtual. And I thought maybe I should apply for a job. And I searched and there's plenty of jobs like that, like BPOs or in IT or marketing even. Marketing is really good in Spain. Okay, BPO, marketing. And do they require that you speak Spanish or okay lang English? English lang? BPOs, you can speak English. Kahit na English lang. But the other, the marketing, because you have to deal with Spanish. Spanish people, by the way, even though they speak Spanish, uh, English, they would refuse as much as they can not to speak English. They would refuse to speak English. Yeah, even though they can, they would refuse. So it's really hard to communicate with them. Unlike other countries, like I'm here in Bulgaria and even a cleaning lady, even, you know, the beggar or the homeless, when you talk to them, they would try their best to speak English. Wow. But in Spain, they don't. And that was like a struggle for me, mm-hmm. you know, living there for a long period of time. Yeah. So you've been in Spain for two years. And what were your biggest culture shocks? I know now I can tell that the language is one of those biggest barriers that you're experiencing at the moment. Um, Siesta. I hated it when I was a kid, but now I'm loving it. I hate siesta. I've been sleeping (laughs) at 2 to 4. I hate that when I was a kid, but I I love it now. But when I arrive in Spain, I'm I'm so used with Sundays, malls are open, restaurants are open. But when I get to Spain, it was like 2 p.m. I did not know about siesta, that it's it's like a law to take siesta. Like everything should be closed down at 2 p.m. to 5 (gasps) p.m. It's a law? Yeah. Oh, M. Okay. (laughs) I was hungry. I was starving because I drove, you know, so I'm running out of stock in the car. I was moving around. Everything was closed and I freaked out because I thought, (laughs) is this what Spain is? Well, I don't think I would like it. If there's no food, I don't like it. (laughs) Any place that have nothing, uh, no food, I don't like it. But then at 6 p.m., Mm. 7 p.m., and then, like, the later it gets, the more people outside, the more food until 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Okay. But then I sleep early. So here's the problem. When it gets dark, I'm home. I don't want to go out. You know, I'm just used to that. Mm-mm. And eating at 9 p.m. wasn't really my thing. I eat at 6 p.m., you know. Eat rice at 6. That's it. And we're good for the whole night. So it was kind of, of a shock for me, this siesta thing. That, um, But I followed it now even for the company I work for. I mean, they're in Norway. But I said, well, I'm in Spain, no? It's a law. What can we do? 
it's a law like, that I take a nap at 2 p.m. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, siesta over merienda sila dyan. Mm-hmm. Walang bawa. Pag gutom ka ng 3 p.m., sorry ka. Well, you prepare your food at home or figure it out yourself. Yeah. But you can't find any food. The small shops or the restaurants, mm-hmm. even, what do you call this, pharmacies, they will close down. Really? At that time, yeah. Um, how about groceries? The big ones, yeah, they're open. They have to be open. But I mean, like, sometimes when you're a tourist, you don't really want to go to the big groceries because they're outside the city center, right? Mm-hmm. So now, if you um feel like having a snack, ay, hindi, na, hindi ka na nga pala nagsasnack, natutulog ka na lang ng 2 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sleep and, is life, too. Oh, sleep is life. Totoo yan. Anong-ano, um, apart from the siesta, what other culture shocks did you experience? They're loud. Loud. Spanish people are very loud. They love to talk. And the coffee culture, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Coffee, like you can see them every hour with coffee, but they're very, very loud. That's that's the thing. And they don't sleep early, but they wake up very late. So, <laughs> And they're late, by the way, which was funny. I found it funny because so I was like, maybe this proud that, you know, I'm from Philippines. I'm always late, right? Actually, yeah, like, oh, that sounds... Filipino time. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. May tayo. But then when I get to Spain, mm. when I get to Spain, <laughs> I have a good laugh. I have to meet the lawyer. She was late and she said, Spanish time. <laughs> Spanish time. Is that the term there? Spanish time. No, they don't. Actually, the right term is the. There was this uh, movie on Netflix, The the Last Spanish in Philippines. Mm. It was uh, The Last Spaniards that was in battle, like 1899 or mm. something in Philippines. And then if they're late, they said, Are you relative of those? The one that was left behind in Philippines because <laughs> you're late. <laughs> the last uh, Spanish in Philippines, something like that. So they still, you know, they still have this. They know the the, the history of their Mm-mm. ancestors did to us. They know. They use it to say, yeah, they know. Mm. They're aware of it. Mm, okay, so they're super loud, they're late, and <laughs> and they ha- enjoy siesta. So, yeah. yeah, part those are some parts of their culture. So... So yung mm-hmm. standard of living there naman, instead of society, let's talk about it's the okay. standard of living. How different is the standard of living there compared to back home? It's like, uh, I call it day and night. Day and night. I love Philippines, but at the same time, I like comfort. I like safety. I grew up in a place where safety wasn't really priority for, for kids, you know. And when I get to Spain and realize that how much they care for the young ones. And transportation, by the way, is number one. The food, the quality of food. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, I'm getting emotional because it's just so yeah. different. And I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. happy to be able to enjoy Spain, what they can offer for me. And it's very different from what I need, from what you need, and from what the listeners need in terms of the quality of life. For me, quality of life is being able to freely work wherever I want to, which in Spain allows me to do that because with just mobile phone, we have this fast internet. And with healthcare, they have the health system and, and they, you don't have to worry about any of that. You know, you don't have to deal with so much paper. Just show them a card. Yes, yes, I have health insurance and everything sorted out. And, you know, in Philippines, you get the simple headache. You go to the hospital and now you don't have it, just a headache, but a process to, to file for your PhilHealth and all kind of stuff. 
well, there's a lot of snatchers in Barcelona, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, a lot of snatchers. But I guess that's common to every cities. But the the worries that you will be you will get raped or something like that is already out of the of the problem. Which mm-hmm. where I grew up, it's a big issue. You know, it kind of happens all the time. And being out of that place was Mm-mm. yeah. So I guess my standard is not that high. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as long as I'm safe and I can work, you know, and I I can be uh, outside, I can be I can go outdoors in camp, and I don't have to worry about bad people around me. I'm I'm okay. So, yeah, my my standard of living is not that complicated, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you get your basic needs. You feel mm-hmm. safe in your mm-hmm. environment. You feel like you have the freedom to move around whatever day yeah. or time it is. You get good health care. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about your finances because you can yes. because the government there takes care of its uh its people, even like non-citizens yeah. such as yourself. So yeah. yeah, I think that would make anyone happy. I think the standards lang kasi sa back home are medyo ang gulo-gulo kasi sa Pinas ngayon eh. Yeah. So, talagang mas na-appreciate natin yung na, ngayon na nasa abroad tayo. We really see na this should be the standard that governments are following. Yeah. There's a lot of, of improvement needed. And I mean, just one example is before as a freelancer, even though you want to pay your own tax, you can't because, well, apparently you have to spend like a whole day processing a single paper and if you want to open a business and this is a digital business but you still need a fire department certification i mean uh, yeah Mm-mm. it's i'm opening a business why how hard is it Mm-mm. okay oh, mas madali lang talaga dyan, yung, yung mm. everything bureaucracy. can be done online yeah Mm-mm. Irene, going back ha, kasi hindi ko pala ikaw natanong about your freelancing. So you're a freelancer f- and what do you do? You do IT and marketing? Uh, when I started, I uh, was a freelancer. I still consider myself a freelancer, but not really freelancer because now I work full-time with this company. But before I was doing writing, photos, videos, I, I get into marketing and then IT stuff. And now... Um, I'm actually handling a team of Filipinos, but they're all work everywhere in Philippines as well. I'm a project manage, uh, manager as of the moment for this IT company. And then we make websites and stuff and software as well. But I still consider myself as a freelancer because once in a while, I get clients outside my work. And I'm more proud to become a, to being a free, freelancer the full time because it's more cool. I don't know about you. Oh, it's all about the coolness of it. Oh, you are a digital nomad now. Yes. Ikaw yung una kong legit digital nomad na kakilala. And um oh. ano tawag dito? So your neighbor yung yung hindi pala yung landlord mo doon sa first residency mo mm. in, resident mo in Spain. Kliyente mo siya ng freelance job yes. mo, hindi ng kumpanya mo. Yes. Okay. Na freelance job ko. Um I need her for you know the the paperwork and stuff. And then actually, as of now, I'm actually the one managing the same website. And then we still do photos once a year, something like that. So she's still Spanish. So it's legal. (laughs) And she's on retainer for some of the service I provide for her websites and social media as well. So I sometimes help her with her Facebook and stuff. Okay. So Irene, do you know a lot of OFWs there? Do you know the OFW community at all? Well, I join groups. (laughs) 
<laughs> Facebook groups. Um, I'm not really keen of meeting fellow Filipinos. I guess I have this issues with it. I don't know if it's really issues, but I just I'm just scared of our fellow Filipinos would take advantage of me. I, I'm a really soft person. I'm sorry, a really soft person. <laughs> Whenever I see someone, let's say a fellow Filipino, I'm in this country. Or not just fellow Filipino, but if someone is in this country, I'm in that same place, and I know I can help, I would help them. But then I just, I'm just scared that after I help them, they will turn their back on me and take advantage of that kindness that I'm offering. That's why I don't mm. want to really hang out with them because there's also a lot of this. I try to avoid dramas, so I don't like to be in a group of people that the only thing they do is like, you know, I'm longer in Spain. I have now this and that, and <laughs> I, I don't want it. I like a more peaceful life, mm -mm. and you know, I just I just like peace so much that if I don't have to spend time with a group of people, it doesn't matter if they're Filipinos or not, I would stay away. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I see. Yeah, um, I had an interviewee as well in Dubai who kind of, she was more outgoing, but she did say that a few OFWs in Dubai talagang manggagancho. So yeah, hmm. I've I've met actually that's where I got that idea because when I was living in Armenia, um, so I was there and Armenia is really small country. It's really small country, and I I'd known a lot of Filipinos that have or running hostels because. I was helping them to run their Facebook, you know, just for free because I have I had nothing to do, to be honest. So just a lot of free time. And so I met a lot of Filipinos from Dubai, Qatar, and Middle East. And when we were there, I was talking to a lot of them. And the only thing I've heard is that meeting, you know, meeting of on an OFW that already get back to Philippines, it's nice because now you have like something in common and just like really humble people but then meeting someone from philippines and they're already outside and they're there for quite some time and suddenly you let's say you get your visa before them you get your residency before them there's this ingit there's this jealousy that poisons the mind of people and and the competitiveness right they want to compete with you without you really yeah, want to yeah. compete with them and i don't like that here in New Zealand, the OFW community is kinder, actually. I think that has mm -hmm. also something to do with the culture here because the people here are just so, so, so nice at parang walang kompetensya among people at all. So I guess nahawa yeah. ang mga kapwa nating Pinoy dito. Yes, yes. Mm -mm. And um, Irene, so you've been there for two years. In what ways has um, being in Spain helped you grow as a person? Well, for two years, I really understand that life is not just about work. Spanish people love to go outside and chill, you know. Before COVID, they love to just hang out in their porch or veranda or balcony and just drink beer. I don't drink, by the way, but it's just cool to see them doing that. And I have spent some time with Spanish friends as well, that they love to look after themselves. You know, they like to feel better. They like to feel the best, you know. They like to live their life to the fullest. And mm -hmm. where I come from, again, where I come from, it's it's more like you have to work. 
so you can give your money to your family. That's it. That's the only mindset that I've, I've. So growing up, that was indoctrinated in my head that I have to do that. But then it's burning. Right. I mean, at young age, at 26, it's burning. And it's not good. You know, at age of, I think I was 24 when I get to Spain, it wasn't good. I, I was feeling bad at all. But then when I hung out with Spanish people and, you know, life is easy. You know, you just have to chill down a little, you know. Um, enjoy your take your coffee take your siesta mm. things like that but at the same time respect people and that opens something in me that I've never I never thought I would be able to because before I'm not as kind as now because of all the experience I had that I tend to close down you know I tend to put a wall around me I don't want to open to people that leads to this introvert I guess it wasn't really introvert kind of um, personality it's more like I do that to protect myself from other people. But with the Spanish people, you can't because they're just so lovely. How can you not when they start kissing you left and right or right and left? <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know how they do that. But and, you know, they're just you go to their house because they invited you and you have like the same last name as them, which is crazy, by the way. <laughs> it's the point of view in life that you just have to slow down a little. Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. So I guess that's the lesson you learned. Do slow down, enjoy life. Life is not all yeah. about work. Ganon. And yeah, don't take yourself too seriously. By the way, Irene, did um your culture in Spain, did you find any similarities at all with Pinas since you know we were colonized by them for three centuries? A lot. Food actually is really interesting. Food is no difference. Like we have oh. cal calus, I think is the, the term, the, the soup tripe soup and then we have uh, they have adobo but it's not the same as our adobo mm. exactly same spelling and uh, paella is the same as what we have back home uh, fish foods mediterranean diet it's not really different except ours is sweeter ours is saltier ours is more sour but in general it's the same if you take out some mm. spices out of it pero may jollibee ba sila dyan? No, sadly, they don't have. But in, in <laughs> Italy, they have. <laughs> oh, ang layo ng Italy sa inyo eh. <laughs> yeah, they don't have Jollibee, which is sad. Mm. And um, okay, so Irene, the final question that I have regarding your stay in Spain is that, is the grass greener in there? For me, it is. It's always is. I think Philippines should improve. You know, it's just the paperwork, I guess, and just the cultural expectations of parents to their kids. Yeah. You know, in Spain, they don't think their kids are their investment. You know, investment in Spain is like you invest in stock market. In Philippines, you invest in your kids. And the retirement plan is kids in Philippines. Well, in Spain, it's very different. And I guess that's, for me, is one reason. Uh, for job as well, job opportunity. Yeah. In Philippines, with the same job that I'm doing, I get paid maybe one-eighth. Wow. What I'm like, you know, it's really small amount for the same skills that you can have in 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 Philippines and Spain, and it's sad to be honest. You can do your mm. you can do your best, yet there's no chance of improving um, or getting valued out of it. Of course, it's not all rainbows and butterflies in in, in Spain as well. You know, we have struggles and stuff. There's a lot of bad things. One of it is the slow. Well, if if Philippines is slow, Philippine, uh, Spain is slow as well, but it's not as slow as as uh, Philippines with the paperwork, but it can be done online. Mm. And safety and money, I think it's 
for me, you know, it's all about money anyway. Um, I don't know about you, but yeah, it's all about that using, doing the same effort, but getting more out of it. Mm-mm. Yun nga, one of the biggest kumbaga, reasons why people want to uh, work outside of the Philippines or just mm-hmm. live outside of the Philippines is also because of the salary. Kasi talaga namang for your, for our skill sets, talagang mas higher ang salary natin yes. in developed countries. And yeah. And just, you know, a better social system in developed yeah. countries versus developed country, developing countries. And then the, the judge, there's no judgment in terms of when you're applying for a job. Like, there's no height limit. <laughs> there's no age limit. I mean, it's just, I can see someone. I saw someone in the grocery that is like as old as my grandma, yet she's working in the grocery. And to be honest, I don't like seeing people that are retiring at age of 50 when they can still work and then rely on the on the eldest um on their kids mm-hmm. kids yeah when you know they're not millionaire or you know their kids have to save for their own future as well so the cycle is there um yeah i don't like that. i just have a strong opinion towards that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay thank you so much irene for telling us a bit about the visa applications there in spain as well as your experience and just you know telling us that Two years is all it takes and some um, some mastery of Spanish to be a citizen. For people who want to follow you, wait, because you are, you are a freelancer. Tell us about your freelance services because I know that you uh, help people become freelancers. So for anybody who wants to become a freelancer, how can they follow you? Uh, they can follow me on my Facebook, Irene Falco, just search me and reach out to me. By the way, this thing that I'm doing, it's totally free. Sometimes I do it with just one person because I just want to do it. I just want to help people to actually be on their merry way <laughs> of being a digital nomad. Because I know going to the office or losing your job, when, especially with this pandemic, it's it's terrible. But then we have internet, everybody have access to internet nowadays and you think that you don't have the skills but believe me you have the skills you just don't know what kind of like you just don't know where to start you just don't have guidance but you know skills can always be trained but it's just still you need to put an effort to actually get there but we're doing this for free just reach out to me and i'm sure kring would put a link or somewhere uh, just reach out to me if you need help i do it for free really amazing wow grabe for free so on your uh, private yes. facebook is that right yeah private facebook yeah i have a facebook page same name as well they can find me i can check both of them all right so her link is in the show notes that is Irene Falco on Facebook. Any other social media channels or is that it? Um, we also do podcasts, by the way. You can also reach out to that podcast, which is Where the F Am I Heading on Facebook. Just send us a message and just say, you know, hi, I need help. How can I be a freelancer or work as a digital nomad? If you're into websites or writing articles, whatever that is that only needs internet and laptop, just send us a message there and we will figure it out. Yes. We will work it for you. Where the F asterisk am I heading? That is Irene's podcast and they talk about just anything under the sun about career advice, chica chica, and but just general advice for people who are in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, and we are now also doing guesting as well. So that is it is doing a different turn from where it was starting. Yeah, so now we do the guesting, which is fun. 
yeah, it's been a while since I listened to an episode of yours, so I'm going to have to check that out again. Yes, thank you, Kring. Thank you so much, Irene. Grabe for the uh, insight. Napaka useful. And for people who do, again, want to be freelancers and digital nomads and maybe move to Spain, just contact Irene. And if you like this podcast, do reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or on email. Or if you are super generous, give us some of your mula. All of the links are in the show notes. So see you in the next two weeks. I'm Kring Lakson with Irene Falco, and this is The Greener Side. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.